millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Support for 20 Minute Tims is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best and below the waist. Grooming Manscaped offer precision engineered tools for your family jewels. <laughs> <laughs> Manscaped have just launched their fourth generation trimmer here on the table in front of me. That's right, you heard that right. The fourth generation, four iterations of this. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, and we have an exclusive offer for you 20% off and free worldwide shipping on a Manscaped 4.0 and all the accessories you see on the table in front of me with the discount code TIMS, P I M S, at manscaped.com. That's manscaped.com, discount code TIMS. Now, Stephen, Melly. What did you used to use, though, before Manscaped came along? Because, you know, yeah, it's, it's 2021. You can't be walking about with a big old thatch. No, no. Previously, I used to just try and singe it off with fire. So light, light a match and try and singe them off that way. Like that. Totally useless. It's all about the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 now. And did I mention it's waterproof? There's a little light on it so you can see all the little all the little tiny Penises, hairs. Melly, yes. There's a light on it. <laughs> Melly, you're not a large man by any manner of means. What oh, you no. Been? It's wee, but it's meant to be. <laughs> what, what were you using before Manscaped came along? Uh, sunglasses and scissors it was uh, <laughs> dodgy yeah. so look jokes aside get 20% off using the discount code TIMS at manscaped.com that's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with our super discount code T-I-M-S that's TIMS unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job Manscaped carried away like a pasta cuckoo jumper <laughs> Minute Tim's flagship podcast episode 284. I'm your host Jamie. I am joined by my podcast pals, Stephen. I'm here. There's always that that little bit of surprise, a little bit of trepidation. Which one's he going to go to first? This time it was me. I'm definitely here. And Melly. I'm also here. I take my inspiration from Jota in that regard. Sometimes I like to look at you, Stephen, (laughs) drop the shoulder and go for Martin Melly. Um, This podcast is brought to you by our Patreon, patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims is where you can support this podcast in exchange for hours and hours of additional content. Now, Celtic have got a packed fixture calendar this December, and that means we've got a packed podcast calendar in December as well. We will be covering Celtic from all angles, fan-led coverage from three match-going Celtic fans, previews, reviews, match reports, reaction podcasts, and reaction videos, as well as feature podcasts. We do all over on patreon.com slash 20 minute tims and if you guys have been listening for a while and you want to support the podcast you can do that anywhere from like two quid a month or you can go all in and get absolutely everything we do from around about nine pound a month that's patreon.com slash 20 minute 
Tim's. Um, and this podcast is available as audio only, no video this week due to me being well, full of snotters, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> full of bogeys and snotters and all that good stuff. Look, it is a packed fixture schedule for Celtic, Martin Melly in December. The games are coming thick and fast. I had a quick look. We've got Hearts and Dundee United to talk about this week. We've also got the Betis game coming up. But in addition to that, We've got Motherwell at home, Ross County away, a League Cup final, St Mirren away, away to St Johnson, home to Hibs, all before the end of the year. And that doesn't really mean anything in football terms because the 2nd of January we play Rangers and the games are always going to be difficult because Rangers are picking up points due to dubious refereeing decisions and Ryan Kent diving all over the place, <laughs> picking up penalties. Um, it, and, and we've got to keep winning. And that Hearts game and the Dundee United game, the two games we're going to discuss in this week's podcast, had the potential to be banana skins. Yeah, they did. We've already dropped points to both teams this season. They're outside the the top two. And now they're probably the two best teams this season I've seen and we've come up against. So it was important to get the six points out of them. Very important. And to come out it with six points and clean sheets in both games is very impressive. Again, but the only downside is the injuries. And of course, we didn't really close the gap. But all Celtic can do is win their games. And that's what we're doing right now. I mean, we are, Stephen, we're picking up a remarkable consistency. Yeah, I think Ange has been has been talking about this as well, about how they've been very consistent home and away recently. Mm. Well, certainly in domestic competition, obviously, eh, lost to Leverkusen, but really that's the only the only blip in the last last couple of months, going back to the Livingston game, probably yeah. the last time, dropped any kind of points there. So it has been not only consistent, but I feel like the performances just are getting better and better. Mm. Yeah, we had a couple of 6-0 games earlier on in the season, but... There was something about the two games we saw this week that they were pretty thrilling, really, because we we'd faced a bit of adversity against Hearts as well, uh, which we'll come on to, and came through it, uh, you know, ju- just about came through it. I don't think we were ever under real pressure, but there was a couple of chances that made you, made you think, well, what's this Celtic team made of? Can we just get this over the line? And then in the United, we just absolutely blew them away, yeah. just wiped the floor with them. And uh, <laughs> Thomas Colts, the Dundee United manager, said, I mean, I don't want to say the scoreline flatter them. Well, don't, definitely don't say that then because that is an absurd thing to to almost say. But yeah, it's just, it's been a, been a really good week to, to be quite Managers, honest. opposition managers had an awful lot to say this week, didn't they? <laughs> Ro- Robbie <laughs> Nielsen, by the way, Robbie Ro- Nielsen. Robert Francis Nielsen. <laughs> Shave it. Um, oh, oh yeah, he's developing a Hulk Hogan haircut, isn't it? Yeah. So give it five years, he's going to be Hulk Hogan. What you going to do, brother Madden? <laughs> um, yeah, he, what he said after the game, um, we didn't lose to Celtic today. We lost to bad refereeing decisions. I'll tell you what, Andrew's having absolutely none of that pish. None. And, no. he didn't, he, and do you know what I liked about that? And says, no, I don't. If he thinks the referee won the game the day, then he watched a different game for me. And then Jane Lewis from the BBC, I think it might be Jane Lewis or it may be an early barber, went to him, um, you've got to have some sympathy for Robbie Nielsen. And he goes, nah, no, nah, I don't. <laughs> I was like, yes. You can yeah. understand his frustration. That was it, yeah. That. yeah uh, no, you can understand no, his frustration. Know. Nah, nah, I can't. My team turned up and battered <laughs> him, he's pish. Um, the, the, the thing you said in my early, oh, sorry, Stephen, the thing you said was we did come under some adversity for the Hearts game because I was I was right up for that game. You know, I, mm. I thought, God, this is going to be one of those ding-dong battles between Celtic and Hearts. Night games always seem to have a wee bit more edge to them, don't they? I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what it is. The night games always seem to have that wee bit more edge. Do you know, there's always, and I was right, right looking well, forward to that Hearts game. 70% of the place is steaming, that's yeah, why that puts a certain frisson in the air, doesn't <laughs> it? You're, you're right, aye, everyone has a wee uh, post-work <laughs> baby in anticipation for the game. And I was curious to see how Hearts were going to approach that match. 
Um, see if they were just going to be one of these teams that sort of sit in against us and make it really difficult for us to break down. Because there's there's a nervousness about Celtic at the moment. Not not the way Celtic are playing, just the my anticipation of them when I go mm, into yeah. these games. Because like I feel like we're one draw away from no being in this league. We've spoken about the margin of error being so small. You know, Rangers are playing before us. They get the win. We've got to entertain Hearts. And wasn't it all, we didn't get the whole game all our own way? No, we didn't. And it's again, I think it's down to the fact that we are four points behind and we're constantly going into these games, usually seven points behind because Rangers seem to be playing ahead of us. It happens again this weekend. They go to Tynecastle and we don't kick off till three o'clock. So it's going to be that way for the foreseeable future. But the first half in Hearts, I thought Celtic were brilliant. They deserved to be at least 2-0 up with the play. Then in the second half, Hearts, they made a couple of changes, which meant they were a bit more forward-thinking. Liam Boyce came on, Gary Mackay-Steven came on, he joined Barry Mackay, and they looked a wee bit more threatening. But it was, again, (laughs) Celtic look better away from home right now, or I don't know if they feel better away from home, because there's not the fans being so... Mm anxious because it was only 1-0 you're thinking all oh, it'll take is one chance from I Hearts think it's, but... do you not think it's the opposition do you not think I think like teams at home are going to feel even just a wee bit more pressure to play against Celtic whereas when they come to Celtic Park I think they, they feel no pressure to play any football whatsoever oh of course and that's why they, they rarely come out we've mm-hmm. seen the games recently Celtic have scored more goals away from home than they have at home because teams do sort of come out more and there is a wee bit more space but Hearts tried to make it difficult in the first half but couldn't do it and then in the second half when they did come out he thought you know they could have done something a bit more but ultimately again 1-0 and I can only really remember one glaring chance for Hearts that wasn't even that great a chance again we're not giving up a lot of chances but ultimately in the end it was the, the victory that counted and it came at a cost, but we got some players back, some went out, but the, the performance in the first half was good. Second half wasn't so good, and I'd maybe put that down to a bit of fatigue as well. See the way we knocked the ball about against Hart Stephen? I thought it was brilliant. That, that, that striker they had, I can't remember his name, the guy they, they started with up front, he was chasing shadows. See, every time we got the right. ball back, he was we were just one two it around him like a training session. I thought the way we knocked the ball about, particularly in the first half, was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, and Celtic are playing some great stuff just now, which is is kind of what I was alluding to with just how enjoyable the last couple of games have been, and they are they are passing it extremely well. The even the the part the playing out from the back seems to have calmed down a bit as well. I mean, it's obviously still continuing; that's that's not going away. But I feel like the the tension around it has dulled a little bit because everyone's gradually getting used to it, yeah. and they're getting better at it as well. Some of the passing could be a little bit crisper, especially from. Starfelt Ooh, still plays the odd, the odd trundle, and you think, oh, that's just about getting there. But by and large, it's been it's been absolutely great. I mean, Hearts, as much as it absolutely sticks in my throat, I'm, I'm boking on it just now. It sticks in my throat to give them any respect whatsoever because they're Hearts and I can't stand them. But they were actually a breath of fresh air compared to some of the stuff we've seen at Celtic Park recently. I mean, see yeah. the likes of Livingston and others who have turned up to Celtic Park and just turned in absolute stinkers in order to try and yeah. come away with draws. Hearts were much better than that, in fairness to them. At least they actually tried to do something. I don't agree with Robbie Nielsen in that it was it was decided by a refereeing decision. To, well, I mean, the very basics of it, uh, I suppose it quite literally was, because it was a very debatable decision that, that was the difference between the two teams. But in terms of the way they played, I think Celtic did deserve to win the game, but Hearts Aye, but were at Robbie least Nielsen. in it. I mean, he wasn't getting all that 
pish when we had a perfectly good offside goal chopped off against them in the first game. Ah, yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. itself out over the course of the season. So just to, for him to come out and say that, I thought was just have a bit of you know dignity to to coin a phrase for another club, <laughs> Robbie Nielsen. Have a bit of dignity. <laughs> well, see the evening itself out over the season. Everyone always talks about that in the abstract, as if it never comes. But mm. see, when it actually does even itself out over the course of a season, nobody wants to know, do they? No, 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 no that's a disgusting decision. Oh, wait a minute, I believe that is it literally evening itself out over the course of a season. Eh? Well, that's it, that's one for one, if if you want to yeah. take it that way. But look, <laughs> the, the, the debate about referees, and you're talking about Kyogo's goal there, and all that's absolutely ridiculous. A couple of things, right? Obviously, most of the pundits in this, in this country are, are either ex-Celtic moaners ex-Celtic players who moan about Celtic or they're ex-Rangers players who moan is that a new stat a new stat metric <laughs> ex-Celtic moaners who, who, who have a moan they're terrified of Kyogo so what they're trying to do is paint him as a cheater right that's that, that's Aye. basically what they're trying to do paint Kyogo as a cheater that's why there was so much talk about this Kyogo offside goal as well because Celtic benefited from it that Kent penalty right the, the, there wasn't even a mention of it. It was just ah, oh, penalty. I game over. But he dived. You know what I mean? It was a, it was a very very soft penalty. There's so much focus on that Kyogo goal after he scored it. And see, the end of the day, it wasn't he blatantly offside. It was a marginal offside call yeah, yeah. that the, the, the linesman got wrong. Linesmen get those sorts of things wrong all the time. There was far far too much made of it. But it's all part of this narrative to paint the best player in the league as some sort of cheating wee sneaky so and so. You know. <laughs> so, 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 so we're back to Kyogo being the best player in the league as well what, what a flip-flopping podcast hey, you know, I'm no flip-flopping but... on Kyogo that's what they think that's why they're wanting right, okay, right. that's why they're wanting to paint him like that just just to just to put a bit of focus on him you know yeah all this nonsense and Chris Boyd after the game and all that like, it takes away from the fact there was a good goal a well-worked goal from Celtic they played it round from the left across the box the run from Ralston's brilliant great, great cross again and good finish for Kyogo just marginally offside and Again, when you're looking at the goal, great play from Celtic. You see what Andrew's wanting to do there. And then Anthony Ralston has to go off injured. Me yeah. and Stephen were talking about it after the game. Did you ever imagine that Ralston would go off injured? We'd all be gutted. And he'd get a stand ovation from the crowd. And you're worried Wild about when he'll be back. What a turnaround for the guy. Of course, Celtic benefits from it. But it's on the side of the linesman as well. He should be doing better than that. And we've seen it so many times this season. Again, in the the match the referee had to go and speak to Robbie Nielsen and yellow card him didn't he referees are getting on everybody's tits now yeah. every <laughs> single game we go to they are making decisions that annoy people there was when me and Stephen walked into the game and as we walked through the tunnel Bobby Madden was just warming up in front of us and he gave one of the wee Celtic fans at the front of the ball I was like don't try and be sound mate you're not. Uh, you're a buyer. Well, I away. was like that. You seen one of those those videos of uh, people taking their kids to their first ever Celtic game, and they walk up through the from the concourse, they walk up the stairs, and their eyes all light up, and all that. That was like me with Bobby Madden right in front as it was. Like we came out, <laughs> we came out the wee tunnel a bit at one o five, and he was right there doing his wee stretches. I was like, oh wow, I'm I'm starstruck in the flesh. See, the thing is, we're kind of getting <laughs> gaslit though, aren't we, Celtic fans? Because when we're on the end of a bad refereeing performance, you're told, oh look, you need to be better than that. You know, refereeing performances are bad. And sometimes you get the rub of the green sometimes you don't sort of get over it patter but then when we're on the, the when we benefit from one and we ping it up people go ah you're right enough ah, these referees are terrible well we were saying referees <laughs> were terrible for weeks we've been saying this we've been saying this for weeks and it wasn't just that refereeing decisions you know Peter Haring exists 
only to push and pull Celtic players and kick them. Right. Like, and, and we keep seeing this thing where the, the, the opposition players get talking to us. Like the referee's determined not to ruin the game for Hearts, for example. Peter Haring must have got three talking to's. We were watching a game recently, we were now where some guy committed yeah. about a dozen fouls and the ref goes, there, 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 there. One more time when you're booked. <laughs> you're like, what? That's not how it, it was works. One, and there was one tackle that was absolutely mental. I think it was in the, was it the first half, actually. It was just a full-on lunge from behind out towards Celtic's left. I can't remember it was who, on Jota. who committed it. Well, uh, on Jota. Yeah. It was fully from behind. Her whole stand had jumped up and started howling about it and it was just a talking to it, it wasn't even a booking uh, absolutely. But, but I thought I thought the whole thing years ago was that we'd totally outlawed that lunging well, in from behind that is totally gone you're not allowed to do it at they're all making it up as they go along. they're making it up as they go uh, along because that butcher right in the Dundee United game if that is not a red card tackle <laughs> I don't what is stabbing somebody <laughs> well, does that get debatable? He would deserve a stern talking right. to for that. I mean, that that would and be all, beyond the pale. And also, I know this benefited Celtic, right? But I, so Jota pulls up with an injury, right? The referee stops the game, which I, I've never really seen that before. Usually, what happened there is mm. the Celtic would appeal to Hearts to kick the ball out, or if Celtic were in possession, we'd kick the ball out, and then you would give it back to Hearts. But then he stops the game and restarts it with a, a bounced ball. And I thought to myself, <laughs> it's made up. you just Aye. you just made that up as you go as you went along. That that's all that's happening here. Unless there's some new rule that I've never heard of. I know head injuries are treated differently, but when I saw that, I just thought I thought to myself, Bobby Madden doesn't really have much a grasp on this game here. It was like, fuck, what happened? Oh, I missed it, right? Bounced ball. That's that's probably that's probably what happened there. <laughs> It's easy done. We've all been there. You, you take your eye off it. You, you, you lose concentration and just make something up. Hope you get away with it. Hope nobody's paying attention. But I, I, it's, it's getting ridiculous with Scottish referees. I mean, this naturally, of course, leads to chat of VAR, right? That's been the hot topic aye. of the week as well. And re I mean, it's, it's inevitable, really, that it will come in. I find it really weird in football that... You could be playing in the same country as a team. Say, say in the FA Cup, you get drawn. Say Man City against, I don't know, Aldershot or something like that, right? And it depends which stadium it's in, whether VAR takes place, which is kind of weird. It's, yeah. all, it's all supposed to be the same sport at the end of the day, but ultimately there's there's games with different rules from others. So the Scottish game has different rules to something that's just played down, is, I don't know, right, down south. I, I know you know how technology gets cheaper as things go on, like, like back in the day, like a calculator was 10 grand. And now you can get one for <laughs> yes. three out of a Christmas cracker, right? Well, VAR's only been about for three years, okay? And I distinctly remember when VAR was first introduced and the conversation was about having VAR in Scotland. It was blanket ruled out because we just legitimately couldn't afford it. Oh no, yeah. you couldn't afford that in Scotland. It cost about six million quid. There's just no now it's like, oh, we could look at this VAR thing. And you think, well, why is it why is it happening now? Where's the conversation? <laughs> waiting for the sale, waiting for Black Friday <laughs> Aye, to get VAR the, in. <laughs> waiting for the January sales of VAR and like the end of the day. My position on VAR is, it's the same pissy referees looking at it. <laughs> uh, what, what, Melly, you uh, might know, what do you get VAR calls for? Is it penalties, offsides, goals, something? There's only five or six things you get a VAR call for, isn't there? It will depend. The different countries can have, I think they can have different rules, but it's, it's mistakes, basically. Things that referees might have missed or things that they might want to take a look at again. But with VAR, if it's the same referees, it's going to be the referee that goes to see it. But there will be people who watching who go, no, you got that wrong. And But at the same time, who are these people going to be? But, that, so, but that's it. Because the referee on the pitch, I don't think, says we should have researched this, right? But I'm pretty sure the referee on the pitch doesn't go, 
give me another look at that penalty incident. I think what happens no, no. is there's another guy that goes, Bobby Madden, you might another look at that Ryan Kent penalty incident. I think he might have been a dive and he goes, <laughs> no chance. <laughs> it's a penalty. You know, it's the same guys making the same decisions. Aye. And I don't really see... And that the, the problem here is the referees are so chronically bad at their job. And I often think, like, what much, what, what must Ange think coming in for a foreign country, dealing with all these <laughs> numbskulls that, that patrol our game, you know? Knuckleheads. I know we've already brought it up, so we may as well talk about it as well. It's as much as it's probably due to come later. But that tackle, that butcher tackle was outrageous. What? And I said on our reaction after the game on Patreon that I usually distance myself from this because I find myself tuning out of chat, of chat about how hard a tackle is. That's a straight red. That oh, that's an assault. If you did that in the street, that would yes, it probably. <laughs> Somebody would. in commentary but, did say, you know, if that happened in a pub. I thought, who's kind of about slight <laughs> tackling folk in pubs? Apart from people making TikToks. Uh, so I, I, tend to, I tend to tune out of these things. I can never really bring myself to get too, too heavily involved, but that one was outrageous. And have, see, I haven't seen the replays back. I watched a bit of sports scene as well. And from one angle, from the angle behind, the one where it looks really terrible, you can kind of see what he's trying to do. It looks as if he's tried to hook the ball and just completely misjudged it and just gone straight through his shin. But you could say that about any time. Too bad. You could say that. Like, I, you could, you could say, oh, I could see what he was trying to do about literally any awful straight red tackle in but football. This is what I want. I want to know what the referee sees. This is what I'm Aye. always. What did you think happened there? Because no one Aye. ever knows. Did you miss it? Did you see it and think it was okay? Like, where, where do we go with this? Because as you say, it's it's been the hot topic. Refereeing decisions have been the hot topic, and it's it's been because Celtic benefited from one. Celtic benefit yeah. from a refereeing decision or a linesman decision, it's a hot topic. We definitely paid the price in the Dundee United game with about a handful of wrong offside calls. Not a peep. Not a peep about a single one of the wrong ones. No sign of Crawford Allen this time. Uh, no, no. No, Crawford Allen piping up. Wonder what Crawford Allen, no. eh? What kind of school do you go to? Hey, hey, Crawford Allen. Hmm. Right, anyway. Uh, <laughs> On to Thomas Rogic. Um, we, Thomas Peter Rogic. Is that, we got a, we got an opportunity to speak to Ange Postacoglu as part of the fan media, whatever integration you want to call it. We got an invite to the pre-match press conference, which was quite interesting. Um, it wasn't sort of one and done and the fan media thing. It was just we were in with the press guys and we got to chat to Ange Postacoglu about his um, about the forthcoming game, and I did ask him about. Tom Rogic and how Tom Rogic's a special player and how does he have to change the team with Tom's inclusion in there and. He just basically said, look, Tom Rogic, I've known Tom Rogic for years. He's a, he's a special player. He's a special talent. And he, yes, he showed it in the Dundee United game, but what a difference Melee made coming back for the Hearts game as well. Oh, he's good. He's tremendous. And I just love watching him play when he's in full flow at that. It's, it's not the pace, but he just seems to glide past players mm. and the way he can hold on to the ball and shield it. So but strong, the, yeah. Yeah, the main... Like Craig Levine called him athletic on the sports scene. <laughs> I was like, well, get down a bit, Craig. Athletic? <laughs> I don't know about that. But this, You're just the way saying he, football words now, Craig, isn't yeah, he's just making up. But he's uh, <laughs> the way he can get the ball on the turn and when he's back in the team, you realise what Celtic have missed without him. But it's not just him being in, in the team, it's also Cal McGregor moving back yeah. because also the way he can quickly get the ball from that number six position into Rogic or Turnbull or the two fullbacks when they come in makes such a difference to Celtic, the, the fluidity of the team and we just look so much better with the two of them in it. With the Ange Postecoglou Tom Rogic thing, it's all it's all so obvious that we almost missed it. It's mm. like, obviously Tom... Rogic was going to flourish under Ange Postecoglou, but you don't necessarily want to assume that. You don't want to say, well, 
he's Australian and that guy's Australian. <laughs> Surely Brent hands, Brent yeah. fingers, that, that's going to work out. But obviously it has. So whatever it is that Ange Postacoglu has done with Tom Rogic, he's brought him back to the level that he was playing under Brendan Rodgers. Having, I mean, I would have perfectly been happy to consign him to the bin as probably several times over the last season or so. But that's, you know, that's what last season will do to you. But he's now back playing. But I don't think arguably we were wrong the best to football do that. In his career. I, I don't think. Well, yeah. I don't think we were wrong. I mean, he was. He had one foot out the door. You know. Yeah, I, yeah, he, yeah. He had one foot. Out, he had one foot out the door. Ange said. Um, Ange said midweek or after the game, maybe actually on on BBC or one of the other platforms, he said uh, Tom Rogic was the last player he had to speak to when he arrived because he's like, I know what Tom Rogic's all about and Tom Rogic yeah, knows yeah. what I'm all about and I know how to get the best out of Tom Rogic and uh, it certainly seems like he's doing that. I mean, uh, you said in one of the reactions, Stephen, about Tom Rogic, you know, he's, we've got all these new shiny new toys, these new players, but Tom Rogic just comes out of the blue again to be one of the, just remind us what he's got. He's just, you almost have forgot. And we, we, this yep. is the second time on a flagship podcast we've said that about Tom Rogic. Cause it, we, we said that <laughs> a couple of months ago and then yeah. he sort of, he, his contribution was diluted a wee bit, but he's burst right back on at the scene. And there's obviously something to it. You know, it's obviously keeping Tom Rogic happy or spacing the games out, making sure he doesn't get too injured or too lethargic or whatever. But he's, he's absolutely brilliant and he's, much like there's a few players that are the key to this Ange Postacoglu team. McGregor on the six is one. Furuhashi's another. Tom Rogic's another. These are the guys that make this team tick. Yes, I, I, absolutely. Tom Rogic is now like one of the the big cliche in it. One of the first names in the team sheet. He just he simply has to play now because he's the the main creative force. Aside from Jota, who's obviously a totally different player. He's he's a wide player. He's very fast and tricky. Tom Rogic is a completely different proposition to that. Melly's already mentioned all of his strengths, but it's like he's he's so difficult to get the ball off. Aye. So so difficult. Even I feel like even if the the defender gets a wee nick on it, gets a wee touch, Rogic just appears to come away better off every single time. He's he's just so elegant the way he runs. And so I, I've already mentioned it. So strong, you kind of get the ball off him, you bounce off him. And I, on our reaction, I made a rather unfortunate comparison. But I, I still stick by it. But to a, a peak Gascoigne, yeah, and that in the the way he dribbles is that you know defenders will think twice about getting into a physical tangle with you. Don't, you dare not take the ball off Tom Rogic because you'll probably bounce off. It's him. kind of I don't know if it's so much Rogic. It's kind of these. I mean, you know what? It's a Celtic podcast, and we we we're, we are literally paid for a ridiculous comparison. So here's one for you. <laughs> but it's kind of like Zidane and the way that he just keeps the ball away from players. That he kind of knows where they're about to put their foot before he knows. You know, he doesn't turn them inside out. He just glides past them. They, they crash into him, but it doesn't matter because he's always he's already on the move. Well, I know what you mean because there's a brilliant example of that in his goal against Indy United, which we'll we'll talk about as well. But his first touch there, it's like he almost gives the defender a chance to get mm. in there. The way he plays it is away from him, but it's quite close to the defender but simultaneously it completely takes the defender out of the game entirely. Aye. And he's always got the head up, he's always got the vision. So even, like, we, we saw the finish of the Dundee United, and that's something that Andrew said, and I agree, that he, he needs to finish the chances he creates. But a lot of the mm. time he does all that, and then just slides a wonderful ball to Furuhashi, and you think to yourself, how did you know where he was running to whilst you were taking on three guys? <laughs> how did you know? Yeah. Did you know? How did you know that? In this game, you're supposed to dribble with your head down. Yeah. You're supposed to yeah. stick your head down and run into trouble. But do you remember, remember, it wasn't so long ago that Tom Rogic was being linked with a move to, was it Saudi Arabia? Yeah, or it was Qatar that's what I mean in the summer, right? 
and I was perfectly happy. I think what I said at the time was, I'm willing to let go, but not like that. Mm. Not like not to one of those countries. Go somewhere good, but I'm willing to. I'm perfectly prepared for Tom Rogic to to move on because he hadn't really. I wonder been if that was a sign of Tom Rogic's state of mind, though. I wonder if it was a case of said to his agent, look, like it's a shit show in here. Just get me out of here. And his agent's like, a bit late in the window. I've not really done any work on this. Mm. I'll probably get you a move to, you know, I've got contacts in Saudi Arabia, Qatar. You go there for a year, <laughs> make some money, and we'll revisit it at the end yeah. of the season. And he's probably, yeah. I'll take that. And then Ange comes in and, and revitalizes him. These injuries don't melee. We've obviously got Tom Rogic just back, but there was a period in that Hearts game where people were just dropping like flies. Everyone's yeah. like, what the fuck's going on? It was it, it Jota, just... Welsh, Ralston. It was they, those three went off, but it was also the fact that we had Starfelt and Rogic playing starting ninety minutes mm. and having to do ninety minutes for the first time in a good few weeks. James Forrest as well. Ideally, you'd like him to maybe get 60, 70 minutes and keep building up. And well, we M- saw what happened in the next game. Yeah, Forrest. Yeah, Montgomery as well coming on. I think that was his first appearance since maybe Aberdeen away from home. So there was a lot of players into the second half from seventy minutes onwards who were pretty much dead on their feet and that, that plays into only having the one goal advantage because mm. in the game when when Forrest missed that opportunity when he's one-on-one it means thing like, that, that was it that was the chance to put the game beyond doubt you need, look, it's, and we you're just no brushing over it. that you're no brushing over that because you need to score that I know Craig Gordon is a decent shot stopper but you know that was one of these chances where Craig Gordon kind of knew what James Forrest was going to do but everyone mm. in the stadium knew what Craig Gordon was going to do he was going to come out like Spider-Man he was going to do the spread. The sh- he was going to do the Schmeichel, sh- man. Aye. He was going to do the Schmeichel. <laughs> you know, so you put it under him, you get it high. Everyone knew what Craig Gordon was going to do and Craig Gordon knew exactly what James Forrest has got to do. And James Forrest, we were sort of choking for James Forrest to come back, you know, given the performances recently of Abada. But I wonder if that's a position where Ange is like, I, I could use another one in there. Um, especially James Forrest come back for this injury. Came off again in the Dundee United game. Didn't he look like he was running freely in either game. I saw his leg was strapped up for the Dundee United match. Do you think that's maybe a position, Stephen, that Ange has got an eye on? Maybe, yeah, maybe, because Abada has, we've talked Abada to death, I don't yeah. think there's much sense in going back down it, although he came on and you know, looked, he was direct against the Dundee United, he looked to make things happen, maybe should have scored as well, but I think we can park the Abada conversation for a while now that Forrest is back in the team. Now that we're right on what? him. Like everyone yes, that's that tweeting are... is telling us we were wrong about Abada. <laughs> we just um, now that we're right, yeah. that's all this game is about. Just being it's right. The, that's the only that thing the, that matters. Who's the most right? That's what it's about. That's it. That's it. Exactly. We, we just get, all get to the other at the end of the season and decide who is most right. In fact, that's what our season predictions yeah, are all about basically. as well. So that is a method. We don't for, just do it to you, listener. We don't dig you up for questions when we're right. <laughs> at the end of the season, we count out of the three of us who was the most right. Usually yes. me. Carry on. Well, we but, are going to get so many tweets about Jamie saying I'm done with Tom Rogic a matter of weeks ago, aren't we? <laughs> we'll probably what spurred him on, Melly. <laughs> exactly. Pinned up on the dressing room wall <laughs> yeah. this podcast. But um, on Forrest, he's not been back flying and obviously he's, he's got an injury. Um, it's actually pretty poor against the United them and off injured anyway. Do you think but, the way he runs contributes to his injuries? Because well, it's getting worse. It's... <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, right, but see when, Tom, see when uh, James Forrest is closing a player down, Stephen, he leads with the chin. He throws yes. his chin right over his hips as if he's propelling yeah. himself forward. By the, like a good boxer does. Like the, like, <laughs> oh, sorry, no way. <laughs> like, the, like the weight of his head. It's like running. <laughs> you know, we've got um, 
We've got a Chaz New Keyboard and an author and running enthusiast is a big fan of this podcast and he might be able to weigh on on this. But running is a sport in itself, I'm, I'm told. Um, <laughs> and there's, there's like running techniques. Whereas, you know, if you're long distance running, you want your foot, you know, to hit maybe the bottom of your sprint or you want your foot to hit a certain angle and your hips and so James Forrest just throws all this to the wind. And I, and I look at him and I go, I wonder if your running technique, because it is very bizarre. It's like a wee boy yeah, chasing a balloon in a playground. It's, <laughs> yes, it is. It's very bizarre. Um, and, I, and, and I think, I wonder if this Chasing a bouncy ball. Aye, it's like a wee guy chasing a bouncy ball about. Like, I wonder but, if that contributes to all these weird injuries you keep getting. Well, I'm no expert on this, of course. I mean, I don't think that goes without saying it. But what I would say is that there's a famous story about how Alex Ferguson passed up the chance to sign Jordan Henderson when he was quite young because they had had a look at him and decided that he weigh, the way he ran, his gait, would probably lead to him having injury problems later in his career. Now, on that occasion, they were wrong, and that is why the story has become so famous, because Jordan Henderson's gone out and have a great career, won the Champions League and everything. But that's not to say that it's, nothing in it. it's not a subject worth considering, because it's obviously something teams look at, is how you know, how you're built together for, for longevity. And James Forrest's running style is absolutely bizarre, there's no doubt about it. What, what I would also say about his style is that I actually read an article a couple of weeks ago on the Athletic. It was it was very long in detail, but the gist of okay, it big brain. is <laughs> <laughs> the 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 premise of it was it was trying to figure out the peak years for each position, mm. which what age that that all different positions hit their peak at, and they're very similar. You know, it's it's twenty seven, twenty eight, give or take. But what they said about wingers is that there's a huge, huge precipitous drop off in players, wingers rather, being willing to take players on as they get towards 30. Mm. It's basically peaks when you're about 20, 21 and then falls off a cliff yep. and by the time you get to 30, 31, it's basically non-existent. Now that's that's not the case, that's just an average, it's not the case for every player, of course every player's different, but what I would say is that with James Forrest now being the wrong side of 30 and coming off the back of some you know medium to long term injuries, we might start to see a different type of James Forrest in this team. It's, it's got to happen at some point. He will no longer be the guy who takes players on and, and burst past players for speed and takes them to the byline and all that. That won't happen much towards the the kind of, not twilight of his career. He's still, he's still young yeah. enough to contribute. I, I don't mean to talk about him as if he's like 38 or something like he's only 30. But what I'm saying is that wingers very, very rarely play like that into their 30s and often have to kind of adapt their games. It was interesting you're talking about taking players on. I think that was one thing I noticed about Mikey Johnson in, in both of these games. Interestingly enough, I thought when he came on against Hearts, there was a reluctance to take to take his man on, Melly. But I thought in the Dundee United game, he was much better. Yeah, the Hearts game, as soon as he came on, he lost the ball a couple of times and I think it got his confidence really down and that the crowd got on his back and rightly so. Ones, you're coming on 1-0, you need to hold on to the ball, you need to be better than that. But again it's another guy coming back from a, a long time out with Forrest he's, he was injured for most of last season came back get injured again get injured this season Mikey Johnson was out for so long remember Neil Lennon told him to fuck off and all that so <laughs> he's been out a while he's back now but we just need to hope that these guys can get some some game time that that fabled run of games where he can get his confidence up because the, the contrast from the Hearts game to the Dundee United game for Mikey Johnson was was pretty stark. He was terrible in the Hearts game when he came on. People yeah. maybe saying, look, 
this is make or break for him. Dundee United game, I thought he was really good. Just maybe lacked that goal and an assist for him, but I think it will do his confidence the world of good having that. And maybe knowing as well that he's going to be playing the next few games with Jota being out, it is a big blow Jota's out. There's nobody that can replace him, but Mikey Johnson's going to need to try and do something because as soon as Jota's back, you'd expect him to come in. So it's going to take something special from him to stay in the team and look, look we need options we've seen when Forrest and Abada there's maybe not one really nailing down the place out there Jota has nailed down the place but I think Stephen Wright as well with James Forrest I noticed that since he's come back it's not really been a guy that takes on players he'll always get you goals he'll always get you assists but we need to be careful that he's he's not going to be the James Forrest of old and we maybe need to look at bringing in somebody, maybe bring somebody in on the left or the right because we know mm. Jota can play both sides. It's Talking about Mikey Johnson, um, Ange said midweek that I can't construct anything for Mikey Johnson. You know, he, he gets game time, he has to take it, he has to take his opportunity. And that seems to be the way, they said something very similar about Liam Scales. It seems to be the way that Ange is managing his squad, Stephen. It's like, look... I need. I can't promise you're going to play every week, but if you're fit and you're training, I need you ready to step up. And it seems like the difference in the two games with Mikey Johnson was comes on in the Hearts game. It's difficult to get up to speed, and the Hearts game is pretty physical. And as Melly said, when you get start giving the ball away early doors, very rarely does a player turn around a performance like that. Dundee United mm. game, maybe Michael Johnson's looked at that going, right, I need to, uh, if I want an opportunity here, because he, he was a player that had a lot of promise, Michael Johnson. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, a huge amount of talent as well. A very, very skillful player, but he just simply needs to turn that into performances. And the time is now for him, you know, if it's ever going to happen for him, he has to take the opportunity he's been presented with. It's unfortunate, of course, for everyone that Jota is, is injured, as, as Mel has already said, it's a huge blow, but... You know what you have to you have to turn that into a positive. Someone has to turn that into a positive. It's like it may sound like a, a ludicrous comparison looking back on it now, but look at when Dembele first arrived, he wasn't necessarily the first choice straight away. It wasn't until Griffiths got injured that he came in, scored that hat trick, took his opportunity, and never looked back. Mm. I don't I don't think Johnson's going to have that uh, the same impact to that. But you have to try. It's like a conversation we've had many times when sometimes when a player leaves. Everyone off a lot of people often say that oh he was never given an opportunity, but sometimes look me being at Celtic is the opportunity. It's up to you. We've said that on this podcast loads of times. Like your opportunity isn't you know, sometimes you do need a run of games, right? However, really nine times out of ten, your opportunity is at training. Your opportunity is Monday to Friday. And then when you get a chance on the pitch, you know, if you're you you, because occasionally you will hear about a player who's tremendous at training, gets a couple of games, you just can't do it. But then they leave the yeah, club right. and people always say, look, one of the best players I've ever seen at training, but on match days, he just couldn't turn in the performances. But I think under Ange, you know, your opportunity has been at the club. Brendan Rodgers as well used to say things like, your opportunity has been at Celtic, you need to take it. And with these games we've got and how, cl- I mean, I was thinking about this the other day, it has been a long time since you're checking the Rangers result. It's been a lot, mm, you know, with, yeah. with, with you know, them breathing down. I mean, it didn't, it was about this time last year, we, we all basically accepted the league was over. You know, so yep. that was it. That that didn't really count. Um, it didn't really come into it for a long time before that. This season, it's back to the old days stuff, and we've got a lot of games, and we've got a thin squad, and the players that have got something to contribute now. Near Biton, he can definitely contribute. He came on in the game. Mikey Johnson, he can definitely contribute. He came on in the game. We need these guys to take their opportunities, not just for themselves, but for the the cause, Melly. Yeah, the thing with Mikey Johnson as well is. 
because he has been in the squad for so long, you're expecting, right, it has to be now. But at the same time, you're looking at the two players who are in the squad that came through the youth as well, McGregor and James Forrest. It wasn't until they were 23, 24, 25 yeah. where they became first-team players because they kind of know what they're doing by that mm. point. They know what kind of player they are. They know they know their body for injuries and that. James Forrest, uh, so long before he was a, a first-team player with Celtic that was relied upon. So I'm careful not to write him off too early. The same with Anthony Ralston. He's not come in properly till this season. It might take time, but the thing with Johnson is we need him to start doing it now because there's yeah. nobody else to play and it's time to shine for him. The thing is, he yeah. made his debut. Guess when he made his debut, Mikey Johnson? It was the end of Rogers' first season, wasn't it? 2017. Mikey, Rod- yeah. Mikey Johnson made his Aye. debut for Celtic. He's got a contract till 2025, so there's a, there's a lot of time for him to stamp his place in the team. But with Jota going off injured, I mean, we don't even need to... Steve, we don't need to patronise our listeners by talking about how key a player is Jota for us at, at the moment. No. So him going out injured, anything that Mikey Johnson, any way Mikey Johnson can go to make up that is much required. Yeah, it's, it's maybe been forgotten about as well that Mikey Johnson does carry a goal threat. He's yes. more than capable of getting goals. He scored goals for Celtic before. It's just that he's been missing for so long. He scored you know, goals again. He scored scored in Europe a couple mm. of times. Um, so yeah, he's he carries a goal threat. Maybe not as much as Jota has uh, has emerged to have, but I, I've got confidence in him. I've I've been up and down with Johnston over the years because sometimes I'll, I'll be honest, I sometimes forget he exists, and that's just purely down yeah. to the fact that he's. I he's forgot Bowley existed for so last week. Yeah. I forgot Bowley <laughs> yeah. existed. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it, it, long periods of time pass with me not even considering Mikey Johnston but, and that's unfortunate it's purely down to his injury record but now that he's back in the team I, I really hope he kicks on now and makes himself a, a real consideration for this this title race Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So we'll get the win over Hearts. Three points on the board. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Uh, Three points for the ref, Jamie. I think you'll find... Cheers. Who was the ref? Was it Bobby Madden right enough? Aye. It was yeah, Bobby Madden in the Hearts game. Yeah. Cheers, Bobby, for our three <laughs> points there for Christmas. Well done. That undoes all the shite performances you've ever had before. Um, I thought so far this season, the performance of the season was probably domestically anyway, the Hibs game a couple of weeks back. Um, I think Dundee United was a, maybe a close second to that, Melly. Uh, oh, I think I think the Dundee United game might actually have been better. I, th- I was more... Sustained. Yeah, it was it was more throughout the full game, wasn't it? The Hibs game, the second half, Hibs sort of came into it, uh, but Celtic weren't really ever in danger in this game. I never, I never got the feeling Celtic were going to let in a goal. I thought they were classy throughout. There was a couple of players dropped out, and I was really worried about the game because we'd already dropped points to Dundee United. They seem to be doing well this season up until the last few weeks, but Celtic just from the very off were absolutely tremendous, and it shows that one or two injuries can hinder us but at the same time we've got players who can come in and, and do a job and we've done that Sunday it was brilliant to watch from the first goal onwards even before that we had a couple of good chances but we could have been four, five, six, seven. anything we really wanted if we are a wee bit more clinical and a bit more luck to be honest I call that a nae-bother wee man performance for Celtic oh I can't because <laughs> uh, there was the stages of that game Stephen when Dundee United not only could they not get their half they couldn't even get out their half of their half <laughs> Right, aye, aye, yeah, I know what you mean. Outside about 35 aye. yards, aye. We boxed right in, in and we were just bullying them, harassing aye. them, chasing the ball down. Aye, it was brilliant. It was a great all-round performance from Celtic, uh, I thought. I, I do agree. I think it's it's definitely in the conversation for the best performance of the season so far. Certainly best away because we did have those, was it a couple of 6-0 games earlier in the season, mm. which were, were obviously very impressive. But to go away to a team which, as Melly already mentioned, we've dropped points to so far at home this season, no, I mean, see what we're talking about tonight. Hearts and Dundee United both have had good seasons. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're both not that long in the league, both of them, and they're outperforming the likes of Aberdeen and Hibs and all that more established teams. So they're, they're both been having a good season. But what I would say about the what it has in common actually with this weekend's game, the game at Celtic Park, Celtic were missing massive players. So we were missing Kyogo and Callum McGregor at the time. And that was run about, I mean, no coincidence, the form faltered majorly with those two players at the team. So Drew at Celtic Park, because we had a Yeti and Jesus. James McCarthy in the team honking the place up. Well, we, it does have that in common with this weekend in that some key players were missing. Jota, notably, it wasn't the same as missing those two players. Those, those two are basically everything. You can replace Jota, not like for like, and not with the same level of talent. But we've got nothing that replaces Kyogo and Cal McGregor. No, no. So I think that was the, the yes, it has that in common, but that's the, the very key difference. We kind of play with Ayeti. As you say, Jimmy, Ayeti kills this it team. <laughs> and he did on that occasion as well. But no, a, a thoroughly enjoyable performance. I think it could have been any number of goals. And I know people often say that, but on another day, 
you know, some of those goals go in and you're talking about a ridiculous scoreline and it wouldn't have been undeserved from Celtic because I thought they played absolutely brilliantly, created great chances and you know, really should have absolutely buried them by more. But you know, 3-0 away from home, another clean sheet despite yeah. Joe Hart pass, <laughs> passing the ball along his own goal line at about 0.01 miles I, I per hour. I did say, I've been saying these, some of these, <laughs> like I don't, I'm not really one of the get it up the field guys, but some of these, I mean, albeit it's been a long time since anyone coached me in a game of football, but square balls across your own box, if you're going to play those, you want to put a bit of sting on it. Do you know what Aye. I mean? You don't, a little bit of sauce on uh, that, Joe, in, in future reference. Yeah, I absolutely. It was a, a wee trundler, and it, that was the, the really the only chance, kind of... though. No, you need, you need, <laughs> he's probably bored sitting up there. <laughs> False sense of security, I. But not to get away. Actually, we were corrected. Um, I think someone maybe said in the Discord or on Patreon or something. Someone was at pains to remind us that he had one big save in the game down to his left, mm. um, which was which was quite important at the time. So there, there was that. Joe Hart had his usual telling contribution, even if it wasn't the busiest day for him. But uh, <laughs> that pass aside, I certainly were absolutely fine. Absolutely coasted it and, and ran over the top of the United. Just before we get on to the waxing lyrical about the forward play as well, it was good to have Starfelt back. He was yes. by the match against Hearts. And oh, I, mean, and... I completely forgot to mention him against Hearts. Him and Carter Vickers were back together at the weekend there and the, the two of them look great together. It just It's a solid foundation we've got there with McGregor and then those two behind and Joe Hart as well. We really need to keep that spine of the team fit and solid because we rarely can see goals when those guys are playing and we just look solid even though Ralston went out and Greg Taylor comes in. Seems to be one in, one out right now but the defence, no matter who plays, we're looking solid and again we didn't give up any chances and created plenty. Teenage Mutant Carter Vickers. <laughs> there you go. If you're looking for songs, some I've given you the melody oh, and the theme. Let's get this going. So let's yeah, get this let's going. Right? I've not got the copy lyrics. That fellow bear. I've not got the lyrics yet, but Teenage Mutant Carter Vickers. There you go. There's <laughs> definitely something a bit green in there, and there's something white and green. Blah blah blah. There's there's the, it writes itself. Something in a half shell. He's a centre half. Somebody will do it. So I know Lewis Capaldi <laughs> listens. I'm sure he can throw something together for us. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis Capaldi, Bobby Gillespie, all the Tims, they all listen to this. Get, let's all, let's Johnny get Johnny Mac. Big call. Aye. In fact, no, no, Johnny don't Mac. give him any more encouragement. <laughs> don't give him any more encouragement. He'll ruin it. We, we want to put together a Celtic live aid, is what we want to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, we absolutely, look, it's great to see Celtic turn up, murder these teams, because again, we're playing after Rangers, you need to go get the win. And that's just going to be a recurring theme. Dundee United melee, as you said, opportunity for the revenge. But it's the manner of the victories now. It's the manner of the way we played that game. The way we knocked the ball about. Like, Furuhashi up front. I know he, he, he struggled for goals a wee bit. He got the goal against Hearts and we thought maybe he was off the ball. But I thought he was absolutely brilliant in that game as well. Tom Rodgick, did we need to go into Tom Rodgick again? Absolutely unplayable. Mikey Johnson contributed. James Forrest was, was okay. But here's the real question. Greg Taylor comes back. Uh, he played at left back obviously moved Juranovic over to the right hand side Liam Scales makes his debut left back manages to get a goal do we still have a problem at left back though? Um, I'm, I'm not sure Greg Taylor uh, the weekend he gave you that game you'll get from him just 6, 7 out of 10 nothing spectacular nothing terrible still think Celtic can do better in that position Do you but, think Juranovic had a better game at left back than he did it get in right back? 
I'm, I'm not sure if it's just the fact that we looked a wee bit more balanced with our left-footed defender that, over that side, but at the same time, Juranovic is that good a player. I don't think it makes much of a difference to him. The guy is top class, and he's another yeah. one that's kind of gone under the radar. He's came in, he's barely had a poor game, he's played over on the left, but even when he's over there, he still contributes so much, and he's brilliant on the ball. And on the other side, you're looking at Tony Ralston, that, the only way he's going to get dropped is if he got injured because I forgot to mention it last week. He was absolutely tremendous in that Aberdeen game. Set up the goal against Hearts and then had to go off. The guy's been brilliant, so I don't think it, it it's really affected us too much. It's a good headache to have. Well, we need it right now. We need players yeah. coming back because of the injuries we've got. But even if everybody was fit, I'd still say Yerovanovic is our best best bet on the left-hand side with Ralston on the right. Do you know what I forgot to mention? Um, at the press conference, one of the journalist guys, genuinely can't remember who it was, or I would have credited him with the question, asked Juranovic about, you know, he's actually right back, but he'd been playing a lot of the time and left back recently. Where does his future position? And um, he says, well, I see my future position at Celtic as being right back. You know, that's my preferred position. Um, and yeah. then Ange comes out and the journalist says, look, we were just talking to Juranovic there. And he said... Um, his preferred position is right back does that give you a selection headache there with Tony Ralston playing so well and Ange went yeah he's better off just letting me pick the team (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's it actually (laughs) I was like you don't cross Ange do you You get the feeling that he just doesn't take any pish he's been great recently Ange and again with the the pattern after the the Hearts game as well he's he's been great and do you know what I'll come back to the, the, the United game but before we move on too much it's like quite away from all the details of the games this week's been great yeah it's been absolutely brilliant right a pulsating victory over hearts and then an absolute route over Dundee United it's just been thoroughly enjoyable and uh, I feel like there's always a bit of a bit of policing of that kind of thing about of the enjoyment from of football from a few quarters we spoke last week about Davy Proven right and mm. I don't want to make it just that weekly Davy Proven segment because it's not just about him but remember in the the interview he gave about Wait, he was talking about how the defence is rubbish. You know, yeah. that that old cliche. We spoke about it last week. In that very same thing, he was talking about how Ange Postecoglou is just a cult figure and how he's getting an easy ride of it compared to others. Now, who who those others are, I don't know. I mean, we could only speculate. I don't know who he was talking about, but I don't I don't know what he's talking about. Like, he had to win people. It's, aye, not just mate, it's not your fault, though. He's talking pish. Aye, but <laughs> it's, it's not just pundits. Don't right, give yourself that, a hard time does. over this, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not just pundits, some fans are at it as well, and it's something that really frustrates me. It's this like, oh, I mean, going a bit overboard in this new guy, he's not even won anything. And I'm like, but, I'm sorry, but that, that can't be how you look at football all the time. It, it, it's see if everyone's absolutely for him to win anything yet. <laughs> well, he's in the final of the only competition so well, far. We might as well back it's him. possible to win. He's going to but succeed like, with our backing. Exactly. So, like, see if everybody's buzzing to go along to these games and go and see this team, and if everybody gets a sense of pride and I don't know, belonging to the club every time the manager speaks in this. That, this is what it's but all you about. Think he is as well. Ange, right, so he goes after the he goes after the games, right, and he does his cheer and all that and he thanks the fans, right? But he's no milking this. See, every time Ange no, opens his not, mouth, he's not, he's not like mascot, yeah, no. super level headed. We've no one yes. in yet. You know, the fans are the most, I'm just here to you know, he's like you say, super level. He's not buying into all this hype, he's not buying into the pish. Do you know what I mean? He probably when they asked him to put on a Celtic branded jumper, he probably moaned about it. I'm here to do my job. I'm a football manager. Thanks. I'm here to get the best out of the players. I'm here to bring success to the club. That he's not buying into the pish. He's not buying into the the, the celebration of all it's the fans that are creating this. And, and and what honestly, you know, I've had some 
thoughts about Neil Lennon recently? Just because you're thinking about back to last year, but this time last year when it all sort of, the, the shit hit the fan and, you know, people don't want to hear it, but I, obviously me being a Neil Lennon fan, I think that he's, um, it's probably time for a wee review of Neil Lennon, what he managed to achieve. But one thing is for sure, Neil Lennon got too involved in a lot of this sideshowiness and yeah. all these, all the bullshit that goes along with the Celtic job. He got far too involved in all that and just staying well clear of it. He's just focusing yeah. on the football and that's exactly the manager we need at the moment. You know, like, like well, we're still behind Rangers and yep. we could lose this Glasgow derby in a couple of weeks. It's not out of the question is what I'm saying. You know, I think we'll win it. It's not out of the question. We might, and then that, that could be our seven points and the league's all but over in January. So what we need is a manager or a level head to keep the lid on well, things. We need Ange right now. That's the guy we need. Well, see on this, this is why I'm keen to do this every so often. Well, the is just to, Yeah, the podcast. But just, just put a pin on it. Just take a step back and just examine things. Just see where we're going and how much I'm enjoying it. I want to say these things every so often because too often it can be right points, points, points. It's almost like, like the performances and actually enjoying the football doesn't matter to some. It's just about reading the Wikipedia page at the end of the season. Did we win trophies? Then then it was a success. If not, it was utter garbage. But the 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 fact that we've got this manager, and it's, I honestly think that one of the most you know, toxic and pointless myths we've ever allowed to spread about Scottish football is that these managers need to win every single game or it's pish. It's, I, I, that's not the case. No manager needs to win every game. It's, and I feel like that stuff is only an excuse for people to just say, oh, well, it's pish, it's garbage if if teams aren't winning every... What it is, is about the enjoyment. All the things we've just spoken about. And see on Neil Lennon oh, before we move away... Oh, the, put the brakes on the that bit for you. I'm going to disagree with you ever so slightly because I think there is there is a flip side of that coin and the flip side of that coin is Ronnie Dyla. You're a manager who ultimately didn't have the talent but there was a cult of personality around him. Yeah, and, yeah. And, I, and I, I you can... know, that's, you know, supporters can fall into that trap. Now, I'm not saying Ange is that guy because I think Ange is a better manager than Ronnie Dyla. Um, and yeah, I think yeah. Ange is dealing with a lot more than Ronnie Dyla dealt with in handling it better. But there is the flip side of the cult of personality where managers have a bit of a, a meme about them and, and supporters yeah, yeah, buy into it when way longer than they should. I don't think that's what this is no. at all, though. I think that, that we've we've had a terrible time of it over the last couple of years. And the, the thing about Neil Lennon, as much as it might be time for a review of what he achieved, the fact is, and it will always remain, that when the battle, on, the battle lines were drawn between the board and the fans, he was on the other side of it. And that's what fans will always remember about last season, unfortunately. So it's that that's, that's the unfortunate thing. But I just... For me, this this Celtic team and manager feels like it's got something about yeah. it, and I it's think the same battle lines like are drawn. By the way, Ange would be on the side of the board as well. Every manager is going to back his own employer. Well, maybe, but we'll now hopefully never mm. know. But I don't think that is the case. I think you'd get plenty of managers coming out against their own boards. But um, I, I don't really want to talk about Neil Lennon to be honest, because I thought he was full of pish last season. But <laughs> well, um, that's that's what I'm saying. That's the difference between Ange. That's that's yeah. why Ange is so good at the moment because Neil Lennon fully bought into the pish and got involved in all sorts of pish. Yeah. And Ange is just refusing. And that's that is the best. That's what we need right now. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We we need to be like this because as you said, Jamie, we're, we're behind in the league still, so we can't get ahead of ourselves at all. We need to go into every game and get three points. We there's no let up here. There's game after game. There is trophies to be won here even in December. So we need to go into this with every game, trying to improve, trying to keep a level head. The Hearts game, for how anxious we got towards the end, see, after it, 
it was brilliant the feeling of winning that game because a team came kind of had a go and it was a, a thrilling 1-0 victory the Dundee United game was just a completely dominant game which we, we took them apart and could have had anything we really wanted so we need to keep this this momentum going we've got Betis during the week now but maybe that will take a, a back seat but the Motherwell game and then the games after it despite Motherwell being in decent form all the games we've got coming up are pretty winnable games but that doesn't mean we're going to go out and do it. We need to have the manager keeping these players in check and saying we've not achieved anything yet. We need to cut this gap. Turn attention back to the Dundee United game. Obviously, we, we briefly touched on it earlier on, Tom Rodgick's contribution to the Celtic team. Um, but that is a goal of the season, Melly, wasn't it? Yeah, it was an absolute peach. I, I couldn't believe it when he picked up and then just kept going and kept going. But he is brilliant. And as uh, Stephen was saying, it just waits till the defender's going to make that tackle and manages to take it past them. And he picks it up just inside his own half when he makes that run on it on, onto the wing and just cuts in and a brilliant finish. The whole the whole goal was brilliant. Even for Andy Walker, and this was his commentary. Magnificent. It's a contender <laughs> for goal of the season. Well, go on, go on and show a bit of enthusiasm for it then, Andy. It was an absolute peach, man. The guy picked up, skinned about four or five players and placed a shot into the back of the net. It was an absolute cracker. And even the, the Tom Roberts goal... Did Andy Walker no reference something that happened in 1997 and said it reminded him of a Decano goal a few years ago? Yeah. Is that what he said? Yeah. The Turnbull yeah. goal in... He's kind of right, it, it was similar, but it was the Celtic captain playing a ball over and the guy flicking over the goalkeeper. The fact the Canio was more aesthetically pleasing because his touches were better and the goal boots on. But I think I prefer David Turnbull's goal to Tom Rogic. And just from a personal Sorry, point of Mellie, view, I must stop you here. The whole thing I was wanting to bring up there was that 1997 wasn't a few years ago. <laughs> no, no, it definitely was not. Because <laughs> it reminds me of something the did a few All years right, ago. Just check my watch here. Aye. No, I can confirm that is more than a few years ago, 1997. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah. Andy Maybe he's getting mixed up with nine in a row. And the reason he thinks there. it was a few years ago was because it was the last time he bought a suit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, as I was saying about Andy Walker tumble. still has those pink ties with the big massive knots, doesn't he? Oh, a huge one. Uh, and the wet look shiny suits. Uh, and the wet look shiny, gel. The shiny big baggy suits. <laughs> This like guy sports good looks for 1997. <laughs> Sorry, Melly, carry on. Hey, I, the, the tumble goal, I was more pleased with that because we I mean Stephen were talking after the Hearts game. I just felt we needed a runner going into the box out of Rogic and Turnbull. I think when we got the ball against Hearts, the two of them were trying to create from the edge of the box, whereas if you get that guy running in, it causes the run. Because when you see when McGregor gets the goal, he gets the ball, sorry, the run from Turnbull is off the blind side of his marker and then the centre half doesn't know whether to go to him or whether to step out because Hugo's there and he gets in behind the finish is great and it was a lovely wee sort of pirouette he does when he's uh, sort of in mid-air to mm. finish it off it was a great goal and he needed to make up for the miss didn't he? Yeah yeah but we've already yeah. spoke about Tom Rogic and how sort of we almost have forgot about him but David Turnbull they said after the game he's played in every league game for Celtic started every league game that's some going for a guy that's still at a very very young age he's coming from Motherwell after a massive injury terrible start to last season for him because again Neil Lennon didn't think he was good enough to play came in and he's pretty much played all the time since and that's a guy difference. building up his fitness he's, uh, the only he's difference coming on a game 
the only difference between his contribution and uh, Jota's contribution is one assist. They're both on five goals. Turnbull's got three assists and Jota's got four in the league. No, I'm surprised by that because the rave reviews we give Jota because of the type of player he is, but David Turnbull's quietly going under the radar as a, a very good player for Celtic. I just don't think he's as fashionable a player as others. I know that's slightly reductive, but it's like, I remember this season at, there were people talking about how poor Turnbull's form was about two weeks after he'd scored a hat trick, mm-hmm. you know, he scored a hat trick in the season from midfield, and people were talking about. Ah, I just don't know if Turnbull's really, really turned up this season. But on the goal, I think it was, it was, it was absolutely brilliant. It was just, I think it was a perfect bit of improvisation because yeah. when a ball in like that, and again credit to Callum McGregor for the the great ball. If you put a leg up to try and pull that ball out of the air. I don't know if you're necessarily thinking I'm going to lift it over the keeper and then I'm going to spin round him and the keeper's going to fall over and I'm going to play it. It was just. It was just speed of thought. It was all in the moment. It was all instinct from him, in my opinion. Anyway, I, I think I think he just it just sort of one thing led to another, and in one or two movements, he'd suddenly got a great goal on his hand. So yeah, full credit to him. He's been he's been an absolute mainstay this season. Maybe gone a, a little bit under the radar, but I was actually shocked to hear uh, after the game that he'd basically started every single game of the season. So uh, he's, he's he deserves his place. Well done, Robo Dave. Um, <laughs> Liam Scales makes his debut comes on scores so that's his Celtic career cursed people that score <laughs> people <laughs> that score on their Celtic debuts are always getting <laughs> cursed <laughs> I without a doubt well I mean again we talk about chances we talk about taking opportunities he's done himself no harm there whatsoever come in and scored a, a decent goal it popped up in the right area took a deflection but you know so what you make your own luck and all that pish so I got a goal and fair play to him yeah. would you play him on Thursday against Betis I mean I think we all agree that yeah. Maybe that's one for. I mean, would you, I'm inclined to say like the second string or players that need game time, but the squad is so threadbare at the moment that that's. Yeah, I yeah. mean, who we play against Betis if we're trying to get minutes or save minutes in players might not look a million miles different to how we play against yeah. Motherwell. How I would probably look at it is kind of along the lines as you've just suggested there. I think it's that to be a balance between who needs minutes at the current time and who absolutely doesn't, yeah, yeah. such as Kyogo and Forrest. Now, Forrest probably injured now anyway. But guys who have been playing constantly, guys who just don't really need another game on their plate, take them out altogether. And guys like Greg Taylor, I would play him ahead of scales if I'm honest because he's going to need he's going to need to work his way back to fitness. Anyone who's on the periphery, anyone who's fighting their way back from an injury, just stick them in. My, my tune has changed completely on this game in the last couple of weeks. I th- and I think that's mainly, or at least in part, down to the fact that we've started getting injuries again. I think if you'd asked me a couple of weeks ago, they'd be like, oh, no, no, we need, we need another big European night, good for the confidence and all that. But now that we've picked up another two or three injuries, I'm like, oh, nah, nah, we just... Take the hit, to be honest. It, it's absolutely meaningless. Betis are a, a cracking team. They've just beaten Barcelona at the weekend. Barcelona are key, yeah, uh, granted. But they're flying high in La Liga, so I expect a, a tough game. But I'm no, I, I don't think it's worth potentially compromising anyone else's fitness for the sake of putting in a right good showing against Betis. I don't think that's a, a balance or a risk I'm willing to take. Bigger fish to fry. Don't we, Melly? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, we definitely do. If it's up to me, I'd probably completely change the team, maybe bar Joe Hart and Starfelt, mm. maybe get him some game time, but we don't really have MD to play it right back apart for Juranovic. I don't think Welsh will make it, so Starfelt and Scales at centre half with Taylor at left back, maybe McCarthy and Beaton and probably 
Lance said at that press conference if he doesn't play McGregor he always gets an earful so I'm guessing the captain <laughs> will want to play but Abada, Johnson and Ayeti up front that would do me because it's, look it's no formidable at all but these guys all need game time all need to show what they can do but as Stephen said the most important thing is the guys that, that don't need the game time just getting them wrapped in cotton wool because that, that those league games that you said coming up they're so much more important than we've already lost Jota potentially for the cup final so one eye on that as well See everything I just said a minute ago about resting other players. See now that you've named other players, can I completely change my mind <laughs> on that? Up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, next up for us, we're coming up against the league's top scorer, Tony Watt. Does Motherwell come to Celtic mm-hmm. Park? Yeah. The games are coming thick and fast. And as I said at the top of the show, so is the content on Patreon. Never been a better side time to sign up to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims because a busy month for Celtic means a busy month for us and lots of lovely extra content. Now, Listeners and viewers last week um, will have seen and heard that we are running a competition. Um, You can win a gold 20-minute Tim's badge. All you have to do is leave us a five-star review on iTunes or if you listen or watch on YouTube, write, I want a badge in the comments below. And the key, the absolute key, is leave your Twitter username or some other way we can contact you. But best, just leave your Twitter username. So at whomever, much like Paul Deveni has done here on YouTube, he left us a glowing comment, said he wanted a badge and he left his Twitter name at Trivia Tim so we'll be sending a gold badge to him and much like Dermot did on Apple Podcasts he left us a wonderful 5 star review last week and left his username so we'll be contacting both of those guys to send them their gold badge so leave us a 5 star review on iTunes or Podcast Addict or comment on YouTube very simple but leave your Twitter name and we'll pick one winner from each platform every week that's us, guys. We have reached the end of this. Can I, can I, before we go, can I flag up a couple of items of any other business before, <laughs> before we go? I've not really got much to say about these subjects, but okay. one linked, strongly linked with three Japanese players mm. to come in and imminently, if reports are to be believed in, it's gathered a little bit of pace because various Japan-based journalists or people who are following Ange Postacoglu's career, there's a few of them out there, everyone knows their names by now, Dan Orlovitz being one, have picked up these stories and the reason it's kind of gathering pace is that I'm led to believe that Japan alien concept here guys mm. the Japanese media aren't really all that bothered about just making pish up for the sake oh. of it as, as crazy as that sounds the Japanese media don't really do that apparently so it has kind of it has kind of caught the attention if these things come to pass we'll do the full scouting reports and all that on, on Patreon we'll, we'll, we'll cover them properly but my main my first reaction is four Japanese players in the Celtic team mental that, that that is mental. Isn't it's it? It, it's just it's just good that we've got a manager who's actually using contacts to bring in. Well, we anticipate really good players. He's he's using his knowledge, and the board are kind of saying, okay, well, we'll we'll put a bit of trust in this guy. It's not just a case of well, I don't think it's just a case of using the same old Dudu Dahan and the City <laughs> Group and all this sort of stuff. These guys, you know, we're exploring new markets, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, the thought of that. Four Japanese yeah. players in the team. That's I'm great. all in. I mean, when, have, oh, when have we ever had four of anything in the in the, in the first team? Never mind Japanese. When have we ever had four Irish guys <laughs> or whatever in the first yeah. team? But I'm all for it. Everybody knows what I think about Japanese players. As I said a few weeks ago, they're up to me. A place to be full of um, them. So I'm I'm all for it. Barkas is allegedly the, uh, on the way out. We'll discuss the, oh, the January yeah, transfer stuff as the rumours solidify yeah, yeah, and we get yeah. close at the window. But looks like Barkas might be on his way out. The fact we're bringing in a striker tells me that a Yeti might be on his way out. Lee Griffiths. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think Lee Griffiths is getting games for Dundee United at the moment. Well, 
you've just touched upon my other item of any mm. other business. Lee, no, we've already mentioned two names tonight, Lee Griffiths and Neil Lennon. Now, I'm not going to sit here and defend Neil Lennon much because I'm, I have no inclination to do that whatsoever. But what, one of the things that he had to deal with during his uh, turbulent time, uh, second time as Celtic manager, was the, the issue of Lee Griffiths. He came on against Rangers at the weekend there and no way to dress this up. His physical condition is absolutely appalling. Mm. Now, at the Back time, the Neil Lennon had to deal with that. It's honestly jaw-dropping, the stadium, just now. Have you seen him? I saw the picture you put in the group chat. Did you see, yeah. see, see the picture? But the, the videos are maybe even worse. And I don't do this to to shame Lee Griffiths, although it is atrocious. Fat shaming Lee Griffiths as a, now? Yes, as a, as a professional footballer. But I think we can close the book on this now, slam it shut, in fact, the book on we'll Lee just, Griffiths. And look, everyone sort of, everyone blamed Neil Lennon for that, for, for that carry on and about, uh, doing Lee Griffiths. That, you know, it just shows you what Celtic were doing for that guy t- towards the end. I will tell you, he's, he's, Lee Griffiths, he's in, there's no love lost, I don't think, between Lee Griffiths and Neil Lennon. In fact, Neil Lennon said yeah. last year, not on the record, but to people that Lee Griffiths would not be a professional footballer come this time this year not not just not mm, playing for Celtic yeah. and I don't think just to wrap up Neil, Neil Lennon is that far off it because he might be being paid to be a professional footballer but he's not being paid by Dundee the, the club who employ him right now he's not getting a game for Dundee he's not getting a game for Celtic he's just hanging about being paid probably a very very large sum of money um, and he's he's yeah. not doing it at all anyway we don't need them. Just before we do wrap up, uh, oh, any other business? A busy oh, segment. Busy this, is basically the, this is for the, the meat six of the podcast. People still listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a huge congratulations to the Celtic women's team. They won oh, the league yes. cup, beating Glasgow City yesterday one 0 It was a some result against the team that's been champions for a very long time. So well done to the ladies. Yes, we can. We we need to mention that. Congratulations. Just it's good to have trophies and winning this coming back to Celtic. Ooh, yes. You know, we've got our own cup final in a couple of weeks. Hopefully, we can return some trophies but look I just want to say thank you so much to everyone who listens thank you in particular to the people who support us on Patreon patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims as said at the top of the show if you're looking for a video this week there isn't none because I am full of snotters Stephen would you like to say goodbye goodbye Nelly would you like to say goodbye goodbye thanks for listening even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. 
get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code GLOW.